It's weird for no people. Hey. I'm Gary, and we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the Uclick TV studios right here inside the High V Arena, live on uclicktv.com today, and uh, it's going to be another great show. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that uh, you guys are joining us. So, uh, Austin, you doing all right? be a good show today yeah definitely gonna be a good show and bringing our uh, our guest here and then i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of introduce him and then i got something i want to talk about kind of right off the jump but uh josh sowers is joining us he is currently the voice of ut arlington and he works the sideline crew at at&t stadium does the internal pa for the red river shootout uh red river rivalry game uh, ou texas fc dallas camera Texas Legends camera, all UTA sports, so quite the uh, list of things going on there. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Good to be with you guys, and uh, yeah, it, it's quite the list. But uh, when you got a uh, when unfortunately you have a virus going around, it uh, there's not a lot anymore. But uh, anyway, good to be with you guys. Yeah, we. Uh, so the the thing I I told you guys I wanted to start to show off with was Rex Ryan was on Get Up this morning on ESPN and. I didn't see it live, but I, I saw the Twitter, the, the ESPN get up, tweeted it out, and he was talking about the Amari Cooper signing with the Cowboys, and he called Amari Cooper a turd um, <laughs> and said that he never would have paid him. So I, I, I think Rex Ryan, there's a reason he's not coaching in the league anymore, and uh, you know he doesn't know Amari Cooper personally. To my knowledge, he's ne he never coached Amari Cooper. Uh, he was never, you know, around him as a player. So I don't think Rex Ryan can speak to what kind of person Amari Cooper is, whether he loves football or whether he doesn't. So Rex Ryan, I get it. You're on TV. You got to have stuff to talk about. But attacking Amari Cooper, the person, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that. And you know, I, I think that his stats since he came to Dallas have proven. Well, I mean, he, he's done a good job for the Cowboys. And, you know, maybe I would have gave him more like $18 million, But, you know, if 20 was the market, uh, I think that's that's what they did and that's what they should have done. Well, one thing, too, is that they, uh, I think the strategy that Jerry Jones is going with with the Cowboys is to uh, – Jerry thinks this is the team that can win him a championship. And so he's wanting to go ahead and lock him down. Mm -hmm. um, so he's, you know, whether you think he overpaid him or, or it's the correct amount, um, we definitely, we definitely probably all agree that he wasn't underpaid, right? He didn't take a, it's not a team friendly 
friendly deal there. So it's either a little bit overpaid or, or, or the correct price. Uh, I would say basically Jerry's idea with, with the way he's trying to sign everybody, and they still got to iron out Dak's deal, um, is that he thinks this is his team to take them all the way, and so he's just locking everybody down. So, uh, But but I, I'll go with you. Uh, Rex Ryan, uh, call him a turd, definitely not – that's not good. Um, if Ryan wants to say stuff like, "Oh, I, you know, I was watching game film and he does take routes off," which I have no idea if he does or not, y'all would know more about that than me because I haven't watched that many Cowboy games a little bit. But uh, uh, do you guys? Does he take? Does he take plays off that you guys know about? Well, that almost goes back to last year. It seemed with coaching um, and, and Cooper. The reason, one of the reasons for the contract. He's done nothing wrong. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's a terrific human being. Uh, he loves being here. He loves the team. He loves uh, what is going to be now the new coaching staff. Uh, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, I think they paid him a very fair wage just because he's he's a guy that the Cowboys can market around especially, and I think he's a great running back. I don't know where Rex Ryan is coming from. The only connection the Ryan family has, Rob Ryan was the defensive coordinator for a couple of years back in the early 2000s. Uh, didn't quite work out, but that's really the only connection the Ryan family family uh, has an immediate uh, Cowboys. But as far as Amari Cooper taking routes off, that's kind of been a debate around here, uh, at least in Dallas-Fort Worth radio. Uh, you know, is that is that Garrett? Is that the fire, you know, prior coaching staff? Or is that him taking routes off? We don't know. From what everything I've heard, I don't think he is. I think that's just the game plan of the, the former coaching staff. And uh, as we saw, obviously, that didn't quite work out to their favor. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the, the former coaching staff. I was probably the biggest deterrent to Jason Garrett staying there in Dallas and, you know, kind of uh, moving on from Amari. But talking about Dak's contract situation, I, I personally as a fan want to see him kind of play this year out under the new staff. I mean, I think Dak has performed well, but I don't think he's reached his ceiling because of the previous coaching staff. I felt like there was things Jason Garrett did that, that held this team back. And so why don't you talk a little bit about Dak and his performance over the last few years and, and where he is on uh, his contract. Yeah, and I would agree to that from maybe the uh, the team standpoint as far as waiting a year and seeing what's happening. But as far as Dak – Dak way of looking at it, uh, he wants his money now. It's been now three years. I think he's proved himself uh, as a phenomenal quarterback, and he wants his money. Zeke proved himself, and Zeke's had more off-the-field issues uh, more than anybody uh, yeah. as far as the Cowboys in the last couple of years. He got his money. Well, now it's Dak's turn. It should be Dak's turn. Dak's a great quarterback. He doesn't get in trouble. He doesn't have off-the-field issues. And uh, I would be worried that if Dak doesn't get his contract, I, I think it's, it's, it's almost like the NCAA, do I go – do I go to the league or do I stay another year in college? Oh, man, what if something happens? What if I tear my ACL? What if I'm never able to play again? I think it's payday for Dak, and I think they'll get a deal done. And I hope they get a deal done because I think Dak's a great quarterback. Yeah, I think they'll get a deal done too. I think the deal – and this actually with the, with, this, with, the, uh, with the virus and stuff actually is giving them more time uh, to negotiate a little bit and try to figure out what they want to do. Um, but uh, you know, I uh, where do you guys have Dak ranked? You is he where's he at? Is he top ten? Is he top ten QB? In, is he a top ten guy? Because I I don't think I don't I, I don't think I have him as a top five, but I, I think he's in top ten. Yeah, I think you're very fringe top seven. 
something like that. I think he's definitely within the top ten. Uh, and we've seen him be a top five quarterback at times. We've also seen him be a yeah. top 20 quarterback at times. There was a couple games last year that we knew his shoulder was hurt and things were not working out. I think he's a player. I think he's going to go out there no matter what and say, this is my team. I'm going to get the job done. I think that showed a little bit last year, uh, especially late in the season where there were some throws like, man, you haven't been making those bad of throws. What's up? And turns out, you know, shoulder injury shoulder. and all that. I think – I don't know if he's not quite top five, but I think he's definitely within the top ten. And uh, obviously I don't have a list in front of me or anything, but, you know, I'd say he's probably the sixth, seventh, eighth best quarterback in the, uh, in the league right now. Well, I'll say NFC, and I mean in the NFC, who would you take above this guy? So obviously you'd take, I would take Drew Brees. I think we could all agree I'd take Breezy over Dak. Yeah, uh, I would. I mean, I mean, I'll take, that. I'll take, I'll, I mean, you know, I'll take Tom Brady over Dak because Tom Brady's NFC now. Um, oh yes, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah. I'm like, who else? Okay, so who else in the NFC would you take over Dak then? Besides those two guys, for sure. See, I think Matt Ryan is. Oh, you take Aaron, Aaron, the, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, maybe Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's kind of on the fringe there. I mean, he he's another guy that's performed really well at times and then looked really bad at times. Is that the one? Is that maybe one of the yeah. the, the biggest, the closest comparisons? Is maybe like Dak's kind of like a like I'm not saying he plays exactly like Matt Ryan or anything like that, but like a Matt Ryan guy where he's like really, really, really good. You know, not maybe close to elite, not always elite. You know, because Matt, Matt Ryan has has shown that he is, you know, can be that dude. You know, uh, I would almost trying. throw Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'll take Wilson. Yeah. Over Dak. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no you're um, good. But I, I would compare Dak more to Russell Wilson than I would have Matt Ryan. We've seen Wilson be able to run the ball. We've seen Dak be able to run the ball, and that's when the Cowboys are at their best. Is when Dak can be a runner. Uh, yeah. He can. It's not necessarily an option, but he can. He can strike for the middle. If he doesn't like his options. He's going to run for it. We saw that time and time again. Uh, I mean, he's already one of the best. Uh, quarterbacks in Cowboys history as far as the rushing touchdowns go. So I, I would throw him more of the category with Russell Wilson. I think right now it's Russell Wilson by a hair over Dak Prescott just because we've seen some proven throws. But I, I wouldn't necessarily compare Dak to uh, Matt Ryan. And, and Matt Ryan's getting late into his career just because Matt Ryan, he, he's not really more – he's not really that rusher quarterback. Heard, yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, but other than that, in the NFC, NFC, I mean, I don't know who else you take over, over Dak, so – you know, I think he he's he's there for sure. And the NFC, AFC obviously is you know Mahomes. You take Mahomes, you know Watson. I take Lamar, Jackson, Jackson. take Lamar Jackson, Watson. Um, which Watson may end up being a Patriot. Did you guys see that? I have not seen. On a side note, that. so there's there's it, we're going and we're flip flopping a little bit, but just real quick while I'm thinking about it, uh, Vegas has odds out as far as like who will be the first who will be the starting quarterback for the. New England Patriots come game one, and the uh, uh, the favorite right now is actually Deshaun Watson because the the Texans are rumored to be shopping him around, and the Patriots are thinking about taking a bite. So the rumored trade I saw was uh, it's like three first, it's like two or three first round picks, a second round, a sixth round, and then also like a guard that New England would ship off so they could create, and the guard would be to create this cap space to get Watson in, but if what, why would Houston, why would Houston ever think about doing that? Whatever story is floated, whatever rumors there are, if it involves New England, I 100% believe it's going to happen because we've seen some wild things in the past. Bill Belichick's one of the greatest coaches uh, in the history of the NFL, and he can he can turn iron into gold. He can do just about anything. So whatever trade is proposed, it's probably going to happen. That's just kind of the attitude I have with the Patriots. So expect expect the unexpected with them. 
I was going to say also Houston. Uh, Houston's in a weird point right now because with their their trade of uh, of uh, of uh, what's his name Hopkins. Hopkins. Are you thinking like what are they doing? Are they are they going into rebuild mode again? I mean, it's the weird. It was the that was one of the weirdest trades I've seen. They were trying to get draft picks. Yeah. And you're just like, uh, I guess Houston is Houston thinking about resetting. Um, so that's just uh, kind of a bizarre deal because I really felt like they were. I mean, they were beating up on the Chiefs until the Chiefs kicked it on or kicked it on like uh, second quarter. Um, they were you know they were putting to us. So I don't think the Houston's far off. So I don't understand why they'd rebuild. So. Uh, kind of goofy there. But. Hey Josh, have you ever been to yeah. White House? Have you ever been to White House, Texas? White House, Texas is actually the uh, home of one of our uh, UTA men's basketball players. Funny story: uh, McCade Marquis, his dad is the coach at Tower Junior College. Well, McCade, uh, who's going to be going into his sophomore season with us, his sixth grade basketball coach was Patrick Mahomes in White House. And uh, uh, our point guard, McCade, he is best friend with uh, Mahomes' younger brother. Well, we had uh, coach, uh, his high school coach, which is now the AD at, at White House, uh, on. And what a hoot. Have, if you ever get a chance, um, have him on as a guest sometime. I know you don't do football at UT Arlington, but uh, what, a, what, a, what a hoot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen him at, at some point. But yeah, McCade, he's uh, he's coming off his redshirt freshman year, and yeah, he's always showing uh, Snapchat vids and Instagram vids of uh, uh, Pat Mahomes' younger brother. And uh, wow, what a what a time! Yeah, um, you know, kind of going back to the the Cowboys there. You know, like I said, I was a big proponent of getting rid of Jason Garrett. What was the the mood like? I mean, you've been you know kind of around the team and and stuff for a few years. So, what was the mood like? you know, especially last year as kind of more and more pressure was being put on Garrett? Well, the mood, and especially from the fan base, was, you know, it's 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 about time. And before I go any further, Jason Garrett, I think, is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, you know, I, I you wish him the best, and, you know, it all goes back to a football standpoint uh, from that sense. And then the 11th hour, you know, stories we were hearing was if they couldn't get a deal with McCarthy, there was a good chance the Cowboys were going to re-sign uh, Jason Garrett again and I think that wouldn't have been a good idea just from a fan base perspective because it, it started it started getting stale a few years ago and uh, what do you do when things get stale you throw them away and I think it just took a little too long for that uh, like I said I'm not questioning I think Jason Garrett's one of the smartest coaches you can ever have I think him going to the Giants as an offensive coordinator is a genius move and so Hopefully we're playing football in September, and I can't wait for that first game for the Cowboys and the Giants. But I mean, it just—it was time for something new because we haven't had something new in many years. Going back to Wade Phillips when Garrett was, you know, the offensive coordinator under Wade. So we, we've seen this regime for, you know, nearly you know 12, 13 years now. So now let's get something new. Let's get something fresh. And for Jerry Jones, yeah, you know, he's get, he. More and, and and obviously time is not on his. But he wants to get himself another ring, and, and this goes back to the DAP contract and the Amari contract. That this team, this is a team that can win. I think Mike McCarthy would love to have last year's squad because the Cowboys have been picked apart in free agency uh, on the defense side. That's going to be the problem next year is is defense, especially in the backfield of what this team can do. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I think it's uh, whatever Jerry can do uh, to get himself one more ring, he's going to do. And, and that's, you know, unfortunately, that played right in the hands of Zeke. It's going to play right in the hands of Dak, and it worked out for Amari. Yeah, uh, two, I got a real quick two-part question on since you're talking about Jerry Jones. One, you're a cameraman on the sidelines. Has he been staying away um, over the last few years? Two, will he 
allow this new coach to come in and, and do what he needs to do? When when will he start stepping in and going too far like he did in the past? The only time I've seen Jerry Jones on the sideline was perhaps right before a halftime when there's some sort of halftime uh, gimmick going on, uh, maybe a, a Ring of Honor induction or Pro Football Hall of Fame, something like that. Uh, other than that, he is not on the sidelines at all. Obviously pregame, yes, uh, down there shaking hands, uh, whatever whatever in-game check presentations there is, yes, he's down there. But other than that, he, he is not on the sidelines, at least from what I see. But I, it, it'd, be, it'd be a rare sight to see him on the sideline during the game, especially in the second half. Will he, will he give the new coach a chance without interfering? I know he's had the ability to interfere too much over the years. Has that kind of gone away? You're starting to ask a lot of questions, Jim. You're starting to ask a lot of questions right now. Well, those are the only ones I really had coming in. I think he will. Uh, I think he absolutely will because when you bring in a guy like Mike McCarthy and you know any other the head coaches they were interviewing, yeah, you have to give him. A, okay, here's what I have for you. You pick the best players. You run your team. So I think he will. I don't know if it's as much as it has been in the past, but I think he'll get a fair shot. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, Jason Garrett was a nice person. I never personally you know had anything against the guy just you know as a fan i was i was done with him being the head coach of the dallas cowboys so he was done gary's know, not been, gary's not, been done for yeah i've been done since about 14 when they signed that yeah and they re-signed him you know five years ago six years ago <laughs> gary started the hashtag fire jason garrett fire by the jason, way hashtag fire jason garrett all, we don't have to hear that time. any more shows at the end of the show gary would yeah. say fire was, hashtag jason hey garrett. Let me, trust me I'm a big Chiefs fan. When you when y'all finally get to figure out who your coach is, it's just it just it takes a weight off your shoulders. We got Andy Reid, and I said that's it. And I had never felt like we should ever get rid of this dude. And I, you know it's easy to say now, but I mean I'm telling you, when he came. You were in, all just, in in the beginning, though. Oh yeah, because he's just you know he's got the pedigree. So uh, and, and McCarthy won a lot of games in Green Bay, and uh, you know a, a winner for sure, and he knows how to win. I mean, really, his biggest downfall was uh, almost the same as Philly with Andy Reid. Got a little stale, been there a long time, still winning games. Uh, biggest difference was uh, we've kind of seen that Aaron Rodgers may be a little bit of a diva, a little bit, and so him and McCarthy weren't exactly getting along really well. So uh, now McCarthy has a fresh start with a QB that's hungry, just wants to get paid, but uh, uh, besides wanting to get paid – uh, Dak is a super great locker room presence and a leader, um, so I think I think you guys got a good situation going on. And the NFC East is, I mean, Philly Philly has a shot to be good again, but like the other the other, the other two teams, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about those guys. Yeah, yeah, no one no one's worried about Washington right now, and I think the Giants are going to be better. And because we talked about this, you know, before the show, Saquon Barkley is is a man among men when it comes to running backs and you know the half receiver that he's turned into be. Uh, so the Giants are going to be dangerous, I think. If they can figure out their quarterback situation, then uh, watch out again. They're still somewhat in rebuilding mode, but when it comes to conference or when it comes to division play, it doesn't matter. You're going to see these teams two, two, twice a year. Everybody knows each other very well, and those games always close. It goes for around the entire league. So I, I mean, every division stuff. Some divisions are tougher than others, but you know it's it, it's just, it's simply hard to win football games. It is hard to win football games in the NFL, you know, especially. I mean, people joked, you know. I mean, obviously, last year I felt like was kind of an anomaly with the NFC East because you know it seemed like nobody wanted to win that division. You know, that the team had. <laughs> 
from from my standpoint, it looked like the team had quit on Garrett. You know, a lot of national media were talking about that too. Philly just seemed to seem to keep losing games too that they should win. Yeah, Philly also was um, crazy injured. Yeah, so yeah, they kept getting you know they were suiting up Cowboys at wide receiver. It seemed like toward the end of it, but you know the NFC I feel like is tough year in and year out. Yeah, there was no excuse for the Cowboys to lose that game against Philadelphia, and then the absolute smoke and mirrors game was the Rams. Cowboys absolutely yeah. rolled over the Los Angeles Rams, and then you know we're in the stadium and, and we're thinking like, okay, like if this team shows up every week, like this team is down top and they are super. Best uh, if this team shows up every week. I don't know what happened to the Rams that week. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. But yeah, you mentioned you know kind of who wanted to win the NFC uh, NFC East. Reminded me of the NFC West several years ago when there was a there was a chance of one of the Seahawks or 49ers going into the playoffs with a uh, you know with a with an eight and eight record or a, a seven and nine record. I, I can't remember who ended up getting in, but you know I remember that was kind of a similar situation this year. And the Cowboys, they simply blew it. If the Cowboys don't lose that Jets game, then they're in the playoffs. And I don't know how far the Cowboys go in the playoffs, but as soon as that Jets game happened, I believe that was week week four, week five, uh, everyone around here said, this is the game that will cost us something. And sure enough, it did. It cost them a chance to go to the playoffs. You can obviously look at any loss. They're, hey, that cost us right there. But that game, that should never have been – I mean, you know, Sam Darnold looked – like man, put him in the Pro Bowl. Like this dude is yeah. on fire right now, and that, and obviously we saw what happened after that. Look at that Monday Night Football game. But that's that, that was most frustrating. Is you know you look at Troy memes. Whoever the Cowboys play, the opposing quarterback is going to absolutely just roll. I don't care how bad they are, but they're going to just absolutely go off. And that was the most frustrating thing about this season. It looked yeah. like a lack of. It looked like a lot of times a lack of preparation. Or maybe getting out, out like when the game starts, uh, Garrett was getting out coached pretty bad. Um, you can kind of see that. Well, and then, uh, you know, I'm kind of piggybacking. Skip Bayless talks about that a lot, where he thought that uh, the, that Dallas just always looked a little bit less prepared than the other team was, um, and so that's another reason why you know you know Garrett. Well, the uh, what what was noticed the play calling on home and road games was totally different. You know, I mean, compare it to. I mean, you've got a print off here. Hey, this is black and white, and that's what we're going to do on the road. Like, hey, we've got to simplify this process. But then at home, you know, you've got a full coloring book. Hey, what are we going to draw today? They're doing all sorts of crazy things at home. On the road, they would simplify themselves, and it's almost like you take 15 pages out of the play. But hey, we can't do those. We're on the road right now. Simplified offense on the road, and that's what really cost them uh, again this season. At home, they looked great, dynamic. You had motion. You had, you had different sorts of offenses, but on the road, it was it was just run and gun, and that's all it was. Yeah, it was. You know, watching the games, which I, I coach high school football up here, and we would have our coaches' meetings on Sundays, so I didn't get to watch all of the games. You know, like I would want to, but I mean, I even noticed that just as kind of a casual fan and, and a coach myself, it seemed like. That it was just a different, different game plan, different attitude on the road versus at home. It was, and you, know, you you can go back and look, and you know a lot of the all the radio stations around here they've they've done the same of you know comparing home and away games and the stats. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you one thing: Cowboys they were not a good road team this year. Yeah. So, well, I could talk Cowboys football all day, but uh, you know that might get boring to my co-host here and and, and to your Kansas City viewers. Yeah, and and my Kansas City viewers. So, let's talk <laughs> about you know your Kansas City connection, and you know you used to uh, be up at the Chillicothe Mudcats. 
That's where you encountered Jim Bly. No, so. no, it was actually at Boulevard, his real Kansas City connection, Boulevard Brewing Company. How many times have you taken the tour, Josh? Uh, I've taken the tour once. I've been <laughs> up there, I want to say, four times uh, just uh, just hanging out. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, I uh, I was just getting just graduating out of college in uh, 2014. I was uh, I actually graduated in 2013, but I stuck on the, the spring semester with uh, UTA. And, you know, as, as every college grad is, you're looking for a job. And uh, stumbled across a posting for the Chillicothe Mudcats, sent off my stuff, and you know, a couple weeks later get a call from, uh, I believe the area code 646. Like, man, I, I've never 660. seen 660, that's what it is. And um, picked up and uh, talked to uh, talked to the guys at KCHI, and uh, a couple of hours later I said, yeah, I'm in. And uh, kind of my first uh, you know semi-professional gig, and uh, had a lot of fun up there in Chillicothe. We had a that year in the uh, in the two months of uh, July, so we had a lot of time off and uh, got to go to a couple of Royals games and kind of experience Kansas City. And uh, it's a summer I'll always uh, forever look back on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Royals games are obviously a, a ton of fun. And if you know if you were around in in the summer of '14 there that uh, you were talking about, that was a good summer to be at some Royals games. Yes, it was. And uh, the first game we went to, uh, it was a big Royals win can't remember who they played but i do know the last game the second game i went to not as fun detroit won uh, 16 to 4 i do remember that quite well oh like man the, but yeah the first game was a big win and uh, a lot of fun coffin stadium absolutely gorgeous and uh can't wait to go back i actually went back a, a couple of years ago on my uh, my summer trek saw a rangers game up there and uh, had a ton of fun yeah josh josh always likes to come back here really enjoys what he felt uh, kind of a second home away from home uh, right after your college years, right, Josh? Chillicothe was. Yeah, it was. Because uh, I never moved. I'd grown up here, DFW, birth, uh, born and raised, and it, it was fun to experience something different and just the uh, the family atmosphere around surrounding all those games. And uh, you know, you remember the people, you know, and that's that's what you remember most about it and all the good times. And there was just a, a really good people. Coaching staff is great. The players are great. Everybody that worked Mudcat games are great. And the entire town. Uh, just so much fun to be around, and it, it was such a different life. And you know, it, it's it was fun to be able to drive ten minutes to my destination, and that's the furthest I had to go. That's that's what was nice. Obviously, living down here, it's a little different story. Uh, DFW Metroplex, because I live in Arlington, and you, know, you mentioned you yeah. know, I work up in the Frisco FC Dallas at Toyota Stadium. That's a forty-five minute drive, so uh, yeah. that that was fun, not having to deal with any traffic, uh, especially up there. But yeah, a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of good memories up there. Real quick, what was your favorite uh, non-crowded Mink League ballpark? Joe Becker was awesome. I really enjoyed Joe Joplin. Um, I'm trying to think. Actually, I was in Omaha a couple months ago and got back to where the Omaha Diamond Spirit played. They actually folded after 2014. University of Nebraska Omaha Uno plays there now. Uh, man, there was so many. I, I really like Clarinda's. Uh, Clarinda, the Clarinda A's. That was probably my favorite place to go to. And that, that was such a rivalry. Uh, obviously, you got the St. Joseph Mustangs, uh, and everybody knows about them. Uh, I really like Joplin. It was fun to play down there in Joplin. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I haven't been to a lot of these Mink League ballparks, but. Uh, you know, that was one thing we were going to do this summer was try to get out to several of these Mink League ballparks and, you know, kind of check them out. But obviously right now all that's on hold. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and not more, more, more places are coming ahead down in Bolivar. We played at Southwest Baptist university and, uh, just getting on the air for that game. Cause I had a, I had one of those weight benches as a table and, uh, <laughs> well, I find about a hundred foot extension cord just to something going, but we got up and running. We had about an hour winds, uh, coming out of the South that day. And, uh, I, I remember that game very well. It was rough, but uh, a lot of sunburn, a lot of windburn, but uh, a lot of good times as well. Yeah, the the Mink League is special for you know for a lot of people, and I'm glad to hear that you know that's kind of where you got your start and you know kind of your first opportunity right out of right out of school. Yeah, it was fun, and uh, like I said, I've tried to go back every year. Didn't get up there this season, um, but uh, or this last season, I should say. But uh, yeah, it's always it's kind of a stop, and like I said, I met a lot of people, and you know, everybody's cool with uh, with the team, and you know, obviously uh, the connections grow, the tree grows as far as uh, doing this right here. So just uh, just endless opportunities doing that. Yeah. So after uh, after your opportunity with the Mudcats in your summer, you know, up here in Chillicothe in the Kansas City area, where did your uh, journey take you next? Well, the season ended and uh, went back home, and, and luckily for me, uh, starting that August first, UTR Arlington said, "All right, you're going to be uh, you're going to be our play man," and uh, took over for a couple guys, and it was it's it was a very lucky situation for me, and uh, that's where I've been pretty much ever since. Uh, just enjoying it, just getting better, uh, just bringing the games. Obviously, you're not a football as you mentioned, but uh, volleyball on the Friday and Saturday nights in the fall, and that's a ton of fun, and uh, that program continues to get better and better and better, and then obviously it turns into men's and women's basketball, and uh, those teams continue to get better and better and better. And same with baseball and softball in the springtime. That's kind of where uh, the journey's been, doing a lot of different things with the department, but, uh, you know, especially just uh, just being play-by-play on air, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun being the voice of the Mavs. And you kind of created your own path there. I mean, you really came on and have taken the program to a different level. I don't know how much help you had from the university or if you kind of sold yourself to get the job that way. But as you well know, when it comes to doing play-by-play, there's a, there's, there's a lot of jobs out there, but there's a lot of them that don't pay much. And the ones that do pay, they're hard to get. Yeah. One thing, a different set of skills, and you know, I, whenever I, I took on, I, I did a lot of video work. I uh, all the in-game fun videos we did with the players, and I mean, I even got charged for doing intro videos for uh, for volleyball, men's and women's basketball uh, in our uh, in our arena. So, uh, kind of had to take on a lot of different roles. It was uh, there was some long nights, and yeah, not a lot of pay. But uh, now you've you've gotten it a few years, and, and things have changed a little bit to where uh, you know I'm not necessarily doing as much uh, as as I was doing in years past. Uh, you know, with especially with our rules uh, you have now in uh, in the United States. But uh, you know, yeah, you get you kind of kind of put my own stamp on it and, and, and doing what I do and you know I, being able to concentrate on the play-by-play has been uh, has been just a gift because uh, you know and it's I, I was very lucky and uh, you know I anybody that had a hand in, in getting me on I you know I thank you just because uh, it, it's it's hard to jump right into division one it is possible but it, it's very hard to do that you've got to pay your dues and, uh, luckily I was able to do that and I, you know, I love it and obviously well, that'd be the next step if I uh, if I could change something but uh, uh, you know, having a uh, having solid two basketball teams and really good baseball and softball, and obviously the volleyball program. Anytime you're Division One and you're playing good, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, those you know, basketball season I'm sure is a a marathon for you. You know, doing men's and women's games, and 
you know, are those usually double headers for you, or do they play on different well, nights? Well, uh, the league changed. I've shifted more into men's. Uh, a couple years ago, the Sunbelt Conference, uh, they, we did have double headers, 5 and 7 o'clock. But uh, that changed a couple years ago uh, to where now it's a mirrored schedule. When women are at home, men are on the road. Men at home, women are on the road. So that kind of t- took out a lot of things. Uh, that was you know, obviously conference-wide. So a lot of these uh, different Sunbelt schools uh, had to get a, a, a second play-by-play man or they just simply didn't have it. And that's, that's a case for, uh, for us. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it takes the stress because – we obviously don't have, uh, you know, don't have necessarily the funds to hire on somebody. We don't even have, uh, you know, women's basketball on, on Rio just because obviously the DFW market is so saturated. Uh, we're not in Troy, Alabama. We're not in Statesboro, Georgia, where uh, where those are straight college towns. So it's a little unfortunate as far as that aspect goes. Uh, but it's all about just doing, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's a poker game. You play with the hands you're dealt and see what you can get out of it. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the DFW is a very saturated market. There's a lot of things going on in the DFW market in any given night. So I'm sure that is, you know, something that kind of an obstacle that you guys have to work around as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's always a couple weekends that, that you circle that, hey, there's going to be a lot going on there. There's always typically something going on at AT&T Stadium, uh, whether it's a Cowboys game or, or it's a college game. Uh, you know, Jerry likes to bring in uh, two big-time college teams to start off the year. Typically, it's Alabama. Uh, we've had Michigan. We've had USC come in there. And then, uh, obviously, you've got, uh, you know, FC Dallas soccer. You've got Texas Legends, the G League, Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Stars. They're right next door. Texas Rangers, they, well, they haven't opened it up yet, I guess, officially. But, you know, their, their new stadium is now done. And then you've got the XFL, and then you go over to Fort Worth, TCU, and they just opened up uh, a new arena where the American Athletic Conference was playing their uh, basketball tournament this year. They obviously had to be stopped mid-game. But uh, the American, they're moving their headquarters down south. You know, you already have the Big 12 and Conference USA down here. So it just it, it continues to grow, and especially Arlington as well. You know, there's so much going on in the, in, in, in the city of Arlington with, with UTA, with Six Flags, with uh, now three stadiums. Cowboys, uh, Rangers, and now uh, the uh, ballpark in Arlington, which is now uh, home of the XFL. Well, the Big 12 tournament needs to definitely stay in Kansas City, not go back to Dallas again. The uh, If I read right, <laughs> Big 12 baseball tournament is headed back to Arlington. To That's the, fine. Uh, I'm talking about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> basketball, yeah. <laughs> it's got to stay here, though. Yeah. You know, this is the, this is the yeah. home, home. It, it does really well here. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And you know, those that you know, the Sun Belt, we uh, before the you know, virus hit, what they were going to do is we just went from Lakefront Arena, home of uh, University of New Orleans. We had their, our tournament there for six uh, years straight. We we're going to have a Final Four in the Smoothie King Center, home of the Pelicans. That was a one-year deal, and now next year it's going to be uh, Pensacola, Florida. For the next five years, we're going to be in Pensacola, Florida, as uh, that's where our tournament will be. So it's it's always interesting. Tournaments are so basketball tournaments as a mid-major, you know, it's 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 a love-hate relationship because tournaments are where dreams go to die. And uh, if you're uh, <laughs> if you win your tournament, if you're a mid-major, you. you you win your tournament, then you're straight on to the NCAA. But typically, in our conference, you're only going to get one bid. You know, it's uh, it's 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 something else. So, yeah, we we were big fans of the XFL and, and followed it closely. Austin and I were. Did you do anything with the uh, Renegades? I did not. Uh, I threw my hat in the uh, in the list of uh, working in game stuff. I uh, unfortunately uh, did not get the phone call. That's uh, that's okay. So no, I, I wanted to go to a, at least one of the games. They had two games there. But, uh, the first game, 
absolutely just expensive. Uh, you couldn't get in there for cheaper. Since I looked at it so late, you couldn't get in there cheaper for the 60 bucks a pop. And uh, just wasn't able to do it. I watched the first game on TV. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I'd love to go see the ballpark and just see what they've done with it. Just because I grew up, you know, as I grew up here, went to a lot of Texas Rangers games. And uh, I'm sure it's insanely weird to see, you know, what is a, a, a baseball stadium turned into a football stadium. But I uh, never got the chance. But, I mean, yeah, you saw they sold a lot of merchandise. The Renegades, yeah. you know, they were they were a hot, a hot item. Uh, um, when everything got canceled, on uh, I'm, I'm pretty much Apocalypse Friday. Uh, <laughs> I went into a, a a a local eating establishment, and uh, sure enough, this is right next to uh, right next to UTA, and just you know a mile down from the uh, from the stadium. A bunch of guys showed up. It's like, man, those guys look familiar. Well, hey, there's Landry Jones. Well, hey, there's a couple other guys I know familiar. Hey, there's a coaching staff. Here comes Bob Stoops rolling in there, and you know their season had just got canned and. It's like, hey, we're all gonna we're all gonna have a beverage and uh, toast one last time, and hopefully we get to do it again next year. So it was uh, it, it was cool to see. You should have brought your portable mic and did a portable show from that spot, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I just uh, you know if I see guys out having a good time, I don't I don't like to mess with them. They're out there having a good time, and you know who's who, who am I to go up to them and say, hey, can I talk to you for a little bit? There's just no reason. So let, let them enjoy their time. Hey, their season just got canceled. Our season just got canceled. Everyone was down in the blues that that uh, that yeah. Friday morning. Yeah, I was pretty. Uh, we, me and Gary, especially, are very. We were very uh, up on the XFL. Uh, we loved it. I, I loved it. I thought the way uh, it was structured was great. I thought that the cities they picked was, was were really really good. Um, and I like for St. Louis. Yeah, not a fan of St. Louis. St. Louis had a good team, but uh, you know, I don't. I don't like St. Louis at all. But uh, yeah, uh, St. Louis came in and swallowed the Renegades' first game. Yeah, that was. Yeah, hey, the Chiefs signed their quarterback. He's he's our third string guy now. Uh, tape, how do you say the guy Hawaii, the Hawaii guy. He's our third string quarterback. But anyways, it's kind of cool to, to hear that uh, you know a city where the XFL was at was getting a lot of support because I really thought it was it structured really well. And then also the way uh, the guy that's behind it, which is Vince McMahon, is loaded, and he had already come out and said, "Hey, I'm doing three seasons, no matter what. I'm going three seasons in, and then we're, we're going to see where it goes from there." Um, so it was kind of cool to see that we were actually fans of the uh, of the uh, the uh, AAF. AAF. I, I enjoyed AAF football too. Um, I think the XFL basically took uh, took lessons from the AAF and then kind of put it forward into it. So awesome to hear that the uh, XFL was doing was was popular down in Dallas, which is really cool. Um, I don't think we have a big I don't know if we have a big enough market here in KC to have a team yet or anything like that, but. Uh, Weather they, could be a factor too. I, yeah, weather. Yeah, Here weather too. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's cool. And it, for me, and, and I know Gary feels the same way. If I can get football all year, I'm, I'm gonna take it. Obviously, not summertime, but like yeah, every I mean, other time of the year, you give it to me. Yeah, I think you get uh, you maybe take about a month off, and that's what was pretty much going to happen with the XFL because you know whenever they wrapped up, hey, now we're a few weeks away from NFL training camp, and then you got college football starting up, and then well, here's the NFL, Beautiful. and you, know, you keep it rolling. I think you need maybe maybe a three week break, maybe something like that. But uh, even in that three weeks, you know, you turn on the TV right now, and all we're talking about is NFL draft. NFL is year round, as we uh, as we know. But I think I, I, I like the XFL. I enjoyed watching the games on TV. Uh, I, I hope they can go the three years. I hope I hope it's a continuous thing because it's it's just a little different flavor it's it's we like football we're football fans and, uh it's something new and you know a couple of the rule changes they're just it's just different it's just fun to watch fun to experiment 
one thing that's different too that we noticed the difference between AAF and, and what XFL's done is the number of pl- a number of players that have uh, made it from the XFL into the NFL now. Um, the guys are getting signed. A lot of the best players in the league and got NFL contracts this season. Uh, so it's really cool to see that. And what we'll, we'll probably see is some of the NFL players that got cut or, or whatever, they'll trickle down the XFL and then try to take their, their second shot at trying to make it to the league, which is going to be what the XFL – It's how I, I think it's how the XFL, one reason they're going to survive if they can keep getting the NFL to go after their players and stuff like that. So it was really cool. I mean, what, the, the, what was it, P.J.? P.J. Tucker, I mean, yeah, he was from Houston. Obviously, was the best quarterback in the league. And I mean, he, and as soon as the XFL goes down, NFL free agency opens up. I mean, he got signed right away. I think he's, uh, I think he's backing up Bridgewater in Carolina yeah, right now. I think so. So it's I mean, it's awesome for me, and and we're big football guys, and we love college football and XFL. And shoot, I mean, I'll even watch a random arena game and whatever. I don't care, NFL, everything. So just just keep giving me good football, and uh, I'll take it. Yeah, and you touched on it. That's what the XFL needs to be is, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, it's it's tough to make an NFL team. And uh, you can be a great player and, and not make the not even make the practice squad. So I, not necessarily make it a feeder system, but right. uh, that's what it will turn into. And you've already seen that a little bit this offseason. So that's what it continues to be, and uh, I think it will be successful. Yeah, so um, back to kind of talking about uh, your UT Arlington, you know, as the voice of them, their athletics. Uh, to share a couple stories with us from you know this last season, a couple memories from you know maybe volleyball or basketball that that just stuck stick out in your mind. Well, you know, obviously we got everything started. Uh, volleyball, volleyball had a great year. They went to the uh, NIVC, kind of a secondary tournament, and uh, went a couple rounds there. And it was it's funny because they're building that program. JT Wingers in his third year as the head coach, and he transitioned into um, Lady Mavs basketball and men's basketball and. Lady Mavs, they had one of their toughest off, uh, non-conference seasons. They went down to the Virgin Islands and uh, played three games, two against top ten schools. And uh, they, had a, they had a successful season, uh, if you want to call it. They uh, finished third in the, uh, in the league. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, they had a different uh, tournament system. They had a pod system to get to the Final Four, which is in New Orleans. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, South Alabama with a big upset in the, uh, the last game. New Orleans uh, knocked off the Lady Mavs. So it's kind of a tough, uh, tough ending to the year. But another successful year for them. And then men's basketball, we were coming off a second-place finish in the league under a first-year head coach, kind of a rebuild year. It really raised some eyebrows. This year, a little bit tougher than what we expected. We finished seventh, um, just not, uh, not our year. And we, uh, we got bounced in the opening round by uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, it's always a fun team to say, and um, you know we had some we had some good wins, and you know had some uh, you know had some tough losses, and then uh, you had baseball and softball starting up. Softball had a big win uh, over number eighteen Baylor uh, early in the year, and they had just got conference season started. They were looking up, and then uh, baseball was off to a great start, uh, one of the best starts in uh, in team history. Baseball knocked off back-to-back weeks, top 25 teams, knocked off Dallas Baptist, then went to TCU and came back down uh, down 4-1 to one to take it 6-4 and uh, 12 innings. And all of a sudden, you look at the RPI, and UTA is uh, the number four RPI team in the country. And so we're thinking, man, we are absolutely rolling. And then all of a sudden, here comes uh, number nine, Oakland, town. And uh, great game, lost 3-0 to hits when we needed them to. 
And uh, who would have thought that turned into our very last game of the year? That was the Tuesday uh, before everything shut down. And uh, baseball was looking really, really good this year. A lot of pitching, a lot of, a lot of hitting. But uh, unfortunately, it's a season that uh, we're never, know, we're never going to know what's going to happen. But uh, happy the NCAA said you guys can come back next year, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see how all that shapes out. But uh, you know, another fun year of uh, UTA Maverick basketball. You know, kind of right in the heart of the Metroplex and uh, all sports, really. Uh, right, right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. We're only a couple miles from AT&T Stadium. Uh, we're in a good conference, too. Sunbelt's real tough in uh, every single sport. and uh, you, you always watch out for those Sunbelt teams, whoever you play at the tournament. Yeah, um, glad that you guys had a good year and you did at least get a start to your you know, baseball, softball seasons. Uh, kind of got those rolling. And it sounds like your baseball team was you know, maybe ready to do some damage this year. But Unfortunately, with the COVID-19, you know, everything got, got shut down. Uh, it was tough. And uh, our team, they, after the OU game, they had a, a weekend series against Little Rock, and they were, uh, they were on their bus uh, right around Texarkana when, uh, when they got the call that said, turn around, you're not playing. And uh, so they had to head back home, and that, that was such a surreal feeling. I wasn't with them, but uh, I can only imagine what that was like. And then uh, – you know, obviously, it was hours later when they said, "Yeah, we're we're pretty much done. There's uh, there's no chance of this." So that was that was a very surreal few days. Uh, I actually was uh, the Wednesday night when the NBA shut down. U.S. Women's Soccer Team was hosting one of their many uh, yearly tournaments, uh, taking on Japan at a Toyota Stadium. It was a packed house, sold out. And uh, we were we had to be there all day, and we're following online, and everything's shutting down, and we're all looking at each other and saying, "This is probably going to be it for a while." And then uh, obviously the next day, just uh, not a not a lot of fun. Apocalypse Thursday, everything getting yeah. shut down, and uh, yeah, so it was it was a surreal feeling. It's it's absolutely horrible. You know, there's there's a lot of people I know, a lot of my friends that, that don't have work right now, including myself. Luckily enough, UTA has uh, given me a couple projects to keep that going. Uh, for a little while, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the uh, the broadcast community and kind of the, the sports industry is, is no doubt hurting right now. And, uh, you know, it seems like you turn on the news and reports day in and day out, they're not they're not favorable at all. So uh, I think we're going to be in this for a while, and everybody's just going to have to batten down. Yeah, I I know I'm worried, you know, a little bit at this point about I coach like I said I coach high school football up here, and we were supposed to start our summer stuff uh, June 1st, and you know, I'm a little worried about that start date and if we're going to be able to start by then as the cases just seem to keep growing. Yeah, and, and Dallas is it's, Dallas is not obviously like New York. New York is, uh, is in a very bad way right now. Uh, so is California, but Dallas is turning into a, a bit of a hot spot as well. And, uh, yeah, the news just uh, – it, it's not good right now. Uh, anytime you turn the news on and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping for the best and it's it's – it's so sad to see one, but uh, yeah, I think once everything is able to get back to a state of normalcy, we're going to be really rejoicing. There's going to be a lot of changes, I think, but uh, I think everyone's going to be really excited when uh, when that time comes. It could be a while. Yeah. So, are schools and things closed there in the Dallas area? High schools? Yes. And I, yeah, everything is uh, everything shut down. Um, it is highly unlikely that uh, anybody is going to go back to school. Uh, and in fact, UTA uh, this morning announced that uh, all Maymester and summer classes are going to be online only. So oh, wow. uh, nobody's even going to be on campus till at the very minimum uh, mid-August. And that that almost right now looks uh, looks to be optimistic. So yeah, everything's shut down. You can still go to the grocery store. Uh, liquor stores are open. And other than that, that's <laughs> yeah. About, uh, yeah, that's, is there that's any, about 
Is there any Boulevard left on the shelves? Uh, there, there probably is a little bit, but again, it's it's the debate. You know, they're telling us to stay home. I, I, I think I've only been out to go somewhere other than perhaps work to pick up equipment at the grocery store once, and that's pretty much been it. They just they tell us do not go anywhere. You played golf uh, one day. Now I will say I, I have played golf a few <laughs> days. That is uh, social distancing. We had to, one. You had to walk. You and uh, you, they had only allowed one person in the clubhouse at the time to go pay, and you had to obviously stand six feet away from each other. And then uh, there was one course that uh, you had to ride separate carts, and uh, you know, had to just stand as far away from each other as possible. So it's uh, it, it's a weird time, but yeah, they've deemed golf courses as uh, as uh, an essential uh, business just because people are going to go stir crazy. Everybody's out in the parks right now, running trails, and then now they're even threatening to uh, shut those down just because there's so many people out doing that. Yeah, city of Fort Worth, city of Dallas have taken off, um, have taken down rims. You can't go out and play pickup basketball anymore. I'm a big fan of pickup basketball. That hurts, and uh, our guys that we you know we work with, we uh, we kind of played three times a week. We can't do that now. Well, behind the guys, um, uh, Josh, is four basketball courts on the bottom level, and right above them there's uh, eight. So um, normally those courts would be busy right now, um, and yeah. there's nobody out there. It's dark behind them. Yeah, yeah this it, is uh, all sad. It sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and I had to go pick up some equipment from our uh, baseball and softball stadiums uh, a couple days ago, and it's weird showing up, and you're the only one there, and you're like, man, it's there's there's we can't there's nothing to do. There's there's there, you cannot do anything. The entire campus to shut down, and you you're not supposed to be there anyway. It's a weird time right now. It's something we've never seen before, but you know, hopefully we can get through it at some point. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm sure in in Texas the high schools are probably. Uh, missing their spring football right now you know we don't have that up here in kansas or missouri but i'm sure some of those schools are missing that and you know ncaa no no recruiting visits none of that can can be going on right now so it's just it's unprecedented times yeah the dead period's been extended for uh you know recruiting and it just it it, it the list continues to grow uh, you know, obviously it's canceled women, and then there's threats of canceled uh, the British Open, or the Open as they call it now, and it's just it, it, the list is just going to continue to grow, unfortunately. But yeah, just uh, just it's just a very very weird time. And uh, while it is fun to watch uh, watch the old games that all the uh, news stations are playing and sports stations, it's but there's it just it, it almost makes it worse to me just because like man, I, I can we just get started again? I got an idea. This is the most brilliant idea I've ever heard of, and I what? came up with it. What? Uh, you right. guys are going to just love this. They should have came out with the 64 or whatever. Was it 68 teams or how many it ever is now? I can't remember since they've added those others. They should have came out with the bracket and then had the coaches play video, have some kind of video guy develop, okay, this is KU, this is Kentucky, this is Florida. Have the coaches play out the final four against each other playing video games and, and do it, you know, well, they didn't do play. it. Do it the same way. I mean, you know, Thursday, Friday. Because of the likeness deal with uh, the, the NCAA. You know well, what, Gary? You, you, you know, take it well, easy. This, you know, he ran on his parade. That was a great idea. Wouldn't that be fun? No, I like the it. Oh, it'd be fun. I mean, you no, know what's going on now with the, with the DraftKings. The DraftKings is all did. Sim stuff now. They did? Somebody already did, Josh? Somebody oh. kind of already has. These guys are from St. Bonaventure. 
and they they took all the rosters and likeness and transferred it into uh, the 2K game, and they ended up simulating the Atlantic 10 tournament. Well, all of a sudden, that gained enough interest where they did an entire tournament. And I'm trying to search it up. I believe it's March Madness 2K uh, on the Twitter. Well, they were you could log on to uh, to uh, one of their streaming services, and they were showing you the games. And they had actually their guys announcing the games. They they kept the same yeah. schedule. You had four games going on at once. But oh, they wow. did the entire 68 team field. I don't. All, I haven't watched it. All I remember is I know number thirteen North Texas took down number four Kentucky. Nice. So, <laughs> no, the uh, like DraftKings and stuff you can bet on. Four. It's all it's yeah. all like simulated. So you can bet on so simulated sports simulated now. It. Yeah, and so it was that was just fun to keep up with, uh, just because they were it, it. It's something different. It's something out there because uh, you need the uh, you need the content and. And whatnot, but yeah, they didn't have the coaches playing it. That I wonder how many coaches actually play 2K. That'd be that'd be an interesting question. Well, here's the thing: it would that'd teach coaches card sharks. Here's the thing: it would teach yeah. coaches. It's really you know because they would be trying to control their players with their remotes, right? They would learn. In real life, it's hard to control what you want them to do on the court. Well, now they're learning. It's hard to do it with a video controller too, right? Yeah, if uh, whoever sets the uh, betting lines, uh, I'll take the under in every single game. Uh, no doubt <laughs> yeah. that's going to be the case. I don't know. I think Bill Self's pretty good. Yeah, I've already. Yeah, but it's crazy. I've seen that. Uh, I have not bet on any of the games, but I've seen that where you can like Bovada stuff like that. You can bet on. Uh, they're running like they're running like an NFL season, and you can bet on simulated games. And they're using Madden. They're using Madden to simulate. An uh, NFL season, it's crazy. They set lines and everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I haven't done it yet. I'm a, I'm a big time. I, I like to. I say big. I'm not a big time gambler, but I like to gamble on like every single game. If it's even it's like a dollar, like I don't care. Uh, but like, uh, it, it's crazy how that's kind of like that's kind of taken up a little bit. Have you have you bet on anything yet? Or anything I, I like haven't. That? No. Yeah, I mean, I was gung ho. I'm I was, not going to bet on a simulation. I would totally bet no, on take a simulation. The under. I would totally bet on the simulation. <laughs> take the under. It's just a computer. So it's just a computer running running a simulation of a game. Uh, Bovada has it now where you can bet on the weather. I saw that <laughs> you can bet on the weather. Wow. It's crazy. I'm, I'm like. I told I told my wife the other day. I said I'm tempted to take the, the over under is 50 degrees. I'm about to take this over. <laughs> it's kind of like Jamaica. You can go to Jamaica and bet on centipede races and stuff like. I mean, uh, I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you do in Jamaica? I wonder. <laughs> Anything. No, I don't know. All right. So, uh, Josh, you also do the PA for the Red River uh, Shootout, Red River Rivalry game. There at the historic Cotton Bowl. Boomer Sooner, Boomer uh, Sooner. You know, OU Texas rivalry game. You know, how, how was that experience and how crazy is that uh, game every year? Yeah, I've done it uh, two of the last three years. Uh, we have a, a, a professor at UT Arlington uh, went to Texas and she knows the, uh, the communication staff well at Texas. And it's. Um, I don't get paid, but it, it, it's it's something different. I PA is totally different uh, from radio, and you know, being in that environment, it's not the outdoor PA. It's not what you hear as a fan, but it's for the uh, all the media in there. And so, I the first time I did it three three years ago, I, I had never done it, and I man, I we're, we're going to see what happens here, and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. And then uh, they asked me back for the uh, whenever Texas hosts. 
it's their staff that puts it all together. And they, hey, you want to do it again? And I'm like, ha, I can't believe you're asking me because I, I thought <laughs> I was a terrible person. And, hey, for and so we did it again. And uh, you know, games are. Uh, but when when you have that job, you've got a you've got two or three guys next to you that kind of name out what is happening in the play, and you've got to be on your toes. And it, it, it's it's you're into the game, you're watching every play, but it's hard to keep up with the trends just because there's there's. There is downtime, but in the downtime, you're announcing, oh, pass to the right side uh, from Mayfield, complete for 10 yards, uh, you know, it'll be first and 10 Oklahoma. And, and you're having to keep up with so much in that in that sequence, and you're trying not to talk too much, but then you don't want to talk too less, and then you're thinking, like, well, who's actually really listening to me right now? So it, it's, it's kind of weird, but uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. Um, it's, a, it's a different experience. It gets you to the fair. It's a packed, packed house. It's one of the one of the funner games in football uh, all season long. It's just it, it's something unique. And uh, while PA is – I've got to work on the PA just a little bit, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, has there been any conversation about that game being moved to AT&T Stadium, or are they pretty much when, set at the Cotton Bowl? When – they're set at the Cotton Bowl. Whenever the eight was built, there was a lot of rumors because they weren't sure. They didn't have uh, the agreement had run out. And uh, I remember one time that you know, they had put together plans to move it to AT&T Stadium. There was a lot of backlash. Everybody From was me. at the Cotton Bowl. I think it From me, be too. Yeah, no, you, that's history there. I do, well, I, I do like that I game. I like, I like it being at the Cotton Bowl. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, now the stadium—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an awful stadium. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, oh, yeah, just because it's so old, there's a lot of history into it. Uh, It's—I'm not saying it's falling apart, but it is a very, very old stadium. Whenever they were talking about moving it, old Eddie Gossage at Texas Motor Speedway—he went and painted a field on their infield. And he's like, "Hey, if y'all can't figure it out, look at this." And uh, I remember there was some helicopter shots, and they were like, "Man, well, can we really have it at a at a at a." At a you know, NASCAR stadium or arena or whatever you want to, and then sure enough, several years later down the road, you know Virginia Tech and I think it was Tennessee, uh, you know had it at Bristol. But um, no, they're going to keep it at the Cotton Bowl, and it's going to be there, for and that's where it should be. That's its rightful home. Well, and the, it's part of the state fair. I mean, there's just so much. It's an event weekend. It's not just a football game, right? Yeah, you no, know, it is because one, you're into the fair, and while it's it's probably the worst day to go to the fair. Uh, you're still at the fair, and there's so much, <laughs> yeah. so much going on. And you know, I'm sure the city of Arlington they'd love to have that game, but I think it belongs to the Cotton Bowl. Now, the actual Cotton Bowl in in December, the bowl games, that is obviously at AT&T yeah. Stadium. I think that's where that game should be, uh, just because yeah. you can do a lot with that. And obviously, it's it's played host to a national championship already. And then you never really quite know what the weather's going to be like in December. It's probably going to be nice, but you'll get one of the one or two of those days where it's not going to be nice. But uh, yeah, I think you know, in, in September, you know, October, whenever the uh, whenever the Cotton Bowl is, Red River rivalry, uh, that's its rifle home. That's where it should be. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, ninety nine percent of the time, I would say if you could if you can put on a game at AT and T, like you go ahead and do it. I mean, honestly, it's it's the best stadium. I mean, it's the best football stadium. Right, it's the best football stadium in the U.S. Right, right now, state of the art, everything. Uh, but just there's a there's a small one percent of games that should be played, like that game should be played the Cotton Bowl, uh, stuff like that. But like a ninety nine percent of the time, AT and T is freaking nice. I mean, you got you got to put the game there. So, um, what is the Oklahoma's been running that rivalry right now, right? Yeah, through the last few years. What's the streak right now? Is it like four, five, um, six. Enough to uh, enough to where uh, the 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 horns down symbol uh, horns down. Who did? Got, for who started got, horns got, down? Got, Was that Baker? I I don't know, but but. 
It's probably trash talking Baker, right? I think. I'm not yeah. sure. But is, I thought it was a little, a little too much <laughs> making it a, a penalty. <laughs> oh, that was too – yeah, that was too uh, much for me. Texas won in uh, 2018. Okay. So they they oh, they beat uh, – Oklahoma's won the last – Oklahoma's won the last two, but one of them was the uh, Big 12 championship. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that's right. They beat uh, – was that's Kyler Murray, right? They beat Kyler Murray. I think so, yeah. How yeah. Was, how was it? Uh-huh. Were, you, you worked camera crew on the national championship game, didn't you? I did, and that yeah. was that, – What uh, was that experience one, like? An insane few days uh, that, you'll, uh, that you'll ever have just because there's so much going into it. And that was the uh, Oregon-Ohio State game. That was – Zeke was on that team. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was the first year of the college football playoff, and uh, it was uh, absolutely tremendous. There was so much stuff going on outside the stadium. I mean, it was basically a Super Bowl. You know, if if you know, I, I did not get to work the Super Bowl when it was here. That was a little bit before my time, but uh, I think that's as close as you can get to a Super Bowl without having a Super Bowl. Just because you know, Fort Worth and Dallas, they were such big players in it, uh, and then. AT and T Stadium, it played host, and it was just there, there was so much camaraderie. There was just so much going on, uh, and then it was a great. It was a pretty good game. Ohio State, you know, pulled away with the win, but uh, and that was you know who would have thought it was Zeke? You know, Zeke, I think, ran, yeah, had a great game. But that was that was that was something else. Just because they're going on, there's so many celebrities on the sideline. I can remember Lee Corso just yeah. running down the sideline with the teams, uh, you know, doing whatever he does. But uh, so much fun uh, that, and then uh, you know, it was it was the year before that uh, the Final Four was held there, and I got to work that those uh, those games, and that that may be my favorite memory, just because there was so many events going on. Uh, I mean, it was basically five days of uh, of work at that stadium, working you know, 10, 12 hours, but so much fun and just, just great, great fans, just great atmosphere. Uh, if you ever get the chance to go to one of those, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I did. I've been to two Cowboy games in AT&T Stadium. I haven't been to a college game there yet. That's one of my goals. But, you know, to travel with coaching, it's it's a little tough during my season to be able to travel and, and go to a game. But uh, AT&T yeah, Stadium is a great place to watch a game. Yeah, the college games are – Cowboys games are loud, don't get me wrong. But college games, if they're, uh, if they're packed, if you've got USC, you've got Alabama, you know, whoever else is coming in, it's one of the loudest uh, things you'll hear. And it, it does get pretty loud. And, you know, we've had LSU in there, TCU's played there. And a lot of teams have played. Uh, Texas years ago played in there. But, uh, yeah, we've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of teams come in there to play. And, obviously, the Big 12 Championship, that's a big one for them. And then, obviously, the Cotton mm-hmm. Bowl, that's a huge game. Uh, for them, so yeah, it's 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 a great place to watch college football. Yeah, so that's I mean that's definitely on my list to check out is getting to a college game there. Uh, you said the Final Four was your favorite event to work at AT and T Stadium. Uh, have you worked in many other stadiums or traveled a lot? Really, no, um, I, I haven't. Uh, we actually. UTA basketball. We went up and played Oregon uh, this year in November, and we, we played them on a on a Sunday night. We got in early enough Saturday where our coach, uh, hey, let's just uh, let's go ahead and buy uh, uh, some group tickets, and uh, we went to go see uh, Oregon take on Arizona. We watched the first half with our basketball team the day before we played. And it was that was my first time in you know in University of Oregon Stadium. Beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, but as far as working in other stadiums, not really. It's pretty much been uh, DFW Central for me. Uh, I haven't yeah my uh outside of baseball my uh my 
outside of DFW Stadium list is, is pretty small, unfortunately. Well, it keeps you so busy, and you've done so many events there. What is your favorite non-sporting event that you've worked? We, in February, when I got the chance, before I, uh, before I started doing uh, basketball, Monster Jam rolled there. I didn't really? get to Monster Jam, but then motocross was the next week. The, uh, and motocross is a huge draw. And uh, we got to work that event, and that was an unbelievable amount of fun. And uh, a little bit of danger. A little bit of danger. We were right on the starting line, and we uh, were in charge of the uh, post-game victory interviews uh, for the big screen. That was an absolute ton of fun. That's still, I guess, kind of sports. Haven't worked many non-sport events there, just because typically when concerts roll around, they have their own crew that comes, and uh, they don't necessarily need the video board. One of the favorite events I ever went there as a fan was no doubt WrestleMania. I'm not a huge oh. wrestling guy anymore, but the WrestleMania there, I believe that was 2016, was uh, out of this world. It, you know, it, it accomplished a lot of dreams of finally seeing a, a Stone Cold Stunner in person. Oh, shoot. Uh, which WrestleMania is that? What WrestleMania is that? Is that 30? Or 30? They just had it on ESPN. So like last Sunday night, they replayed that's third. it. That's third. I think it was like 31 or 20. Who was the – we are I, – I, I am a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Who, who was the main event of that? Do you remember the main event? It was – was it Triple H and Undertaker? No. Or Triple H and Roman Reigns? Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm yeah. Google it. 30 was Triple H Reigns. Triple H is champ. Reigns beats him. Yeah. I mean, I mean WrestleMania is tomorrow. Oh, sorry. They're doing a two-day deal now. Uh, they're doing part one tomorrow and then part two yeah. on Sunday in an empty performance center. So that's going to be crazy. There was yeah. a famous wrestler that died, died in this arena. Josh, uh, who was it, guys? It, it was, was Owen, uh, Owen, Owen Hart. Hart. Owen WrestleMania Hart. 32 was the oh, one yes. in Dallas. Yes. So 32, so that's, yeah, it was Triple, Triple H, H Reigns. Reigns was the main event. Reigns wins the belt, and everyone's kind of like, all right, I guess. <laughs> the alleged <laughs> attendance was 101,763. Gosh. There was a lot of people. Let me tell you that right now. Hey, a lot of people. Was that pretty fun? It was pretty fun, though. Yeah, because we had we had standing room seats, and uh, we got there we got there at five o'clock, and we were already we felt like we were already super late. And um, standing room, you couldn't you couldn't really see anything. You could watch the video boards, but uh, luckily enough, the guy I went with uh, had a friend, and uh, we necessarily got to go to a place that we necessarily didn't have tickets for, and we had a pretty good look at the uh, at the ring. So uh, we'll take what we can get, and we had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. we've always, me and Gary, always, awesome. we've always wanted to do WrestleMania. And, yeah, and we've just, we've been to several wrestling events. Yeah, we've been to a, a pay per view that was here in Kansas City. Been to a SmackDown. Uh, had ringside tickets a few years ago. Yeah, um, over at the. The Sprint Center. That was for was that, that, Smack, that was SmackDown. Raw. That was Raw. Yeah, one one of them. We, um, we went to SmackDown too, though. Yeah, we we went to a pay per view in this building back in the day, and yeah, this this building that we record in is uh, where Owen Hart fell from the the rafters and yeah, unfortunately my, passed uh, away. My brother is a huge fan. That kind of got me into it. I remember that day. I remember he told me, and wow. So yeah, no, I yeah, I it was crazy. Very well, yeah, it's almost a year ago. That was my first wrestling event, and. Um, it was uh, it was fun. I'd love to go back. Uh, like I said, I'm not into it as much anymore. But uh, it was. I knew the minute when they announced it, like, man, that's probably going to be one to go to that you probably should. You don't want any sports regret on, on this one. And I'm, I'm yeah, really right. glad I did it. So I, you were just there as a fan, like you got tickets. Yes. Okay. Yeah, standing room only. Yeah, and uh, they standing room only wasn't too bad. I think I think it was around thirty dollars. Um, oh, really? So we we just kind of walked around for a little bit, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was. They told. 
I mean, just like that opening game for the Cowboys when they opened up, they sold way more standing room seats than they probably should have. But uh, that's that's how they got the attendance record. So yeah, how it does fun it, to be it? How does it feel? I mean, I know it's probably old old to you now, but when you, I mean, being one of the people that puts the video on that famous video board, that's got to feel pretty cool. I bet you don't ever get a chance to look up there and see it because you're underneath it, but it's got to feel pretty cool. Well, you know, the various roles, you know, that I've worked with, and, you know, I remember the first time that they told me, hey, go make sure this camera's working. And so I go up to the uh, to the fifty yard line cameras on the uh, you know on the third or fourth level and oh hey that's my shot hey check it out and I remember the, I mean I can remember the first time I actually they let me run a camera uh, instead of uh, carrying batteries or rolling cable and I remember <laughs> like I think it was it was halftime of a college game and I'm shooting one of the bands you know obviously the bands come out at halftime and, and do their thing and I remember I got a couple shots of you know a trumpet player or whatever and I'm looking up like hey that's that's my shot look at all the people watching me now yeah obviously it's it's a little different now. Um, but uh, you know, I do remember those times where you know the, the hearts beat faster. And like, man, that's that's me. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of people that have gotten to do this. So uh, you know, kind of take it and try and enjoy it. And you know, one thing I do look around before every Cowboys game is whenever the national anthem ends and everybody cheers. I always take a look around and just like, man, this is this is pretty awesome. This is uh, mm-hmm. this is a cool place to be at. So I never never take it for granted. Like I said, very very lucky and everything uh, fell in the right place. And, it's uh, it's just and, and the people you work with make it again. It just uh, you know, camera guys they can be some of the funnest guys you can ever work with, and that's what makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, with the with all the virus stuff we got going right now, I don't think anybody's taking anything for granted. Uh, and it's kind of cool to you know when it does all finally come back, it'll make us appreciate sports even more uh, than we already love. You know, what I mean, than we already loved it. So it's it's. This is going to put everything in, in big perspective. I know it already has for me where I'm like, man, I mean, when everything comes back, I'm going to really enjoy a lot of things I, I'm missing right now. So, Yeah, and they've actually, you know, they've had a lot of segments on, on our local radio station. You know, you go back, back to, to uh, or to Kennesaw Mountain, you know, the, the commissioner of the time wrote a letter to, you know, President Roosevelt and, uh, so I managed to cancel baseball, and he's like, no, you're essential. You know, America needs baseball. And so I think we're kind of in a similar situation. I don't. It's a little different situation, obviously. But, uh, yeah, you really look back because these last two, three weeks have just felt like an eternity just because there's no sports. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing to look forward to right now. And so, I mean, I, I honestly feel like if, if nothing would have changed, we're already in May at this point, just the way time has slowed down, it seems. But uh, it's only crazy that this only happened two or three weeks ago and how much you do actually uh, miss sports and how much you, you don't necessarily rely on it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's in your head. You, you Every night, every day you wake up and you know, you're, you're thinking about something with sports, something's going to be on TV and makes you miss it even more. Well, for, for you and I uh, especially, we do rely on it, and that's where our paychecks come from. And in the sports and entertainment world has taken a big hit. Yeah. Uh, my friends who work in the, the American Airlines Center with the Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Stars, they've went out. Those employees, I think that's an awesome gesture. Uh, you know, obviously, they're still hurting for work, but because uh, you know, once those – once the once that the season if it would have continued dries up then that's that's going to be it nobody really knows what the future holds so no like i said earlier i I know a lot of people that are going through some hard times right now and uh things are just uh things just a little weird but uh it's such an industry you know financial and then you know there's so much that goes into hosting a sporting event you know from from servers and waitresses to you know just everything about it you know a stadium it's his own i mean it's his own business and there's so much that goes into it and a lot of people rely on that money Name your Texas teams, your favorite Texas teams in order. From, uh, from I think we no from doubt number go, one. We start. We start. 
We start with the Dallas Stars. Uh, there's no doubt oh. about that. Uh, there's no doubt. I, I, I think my favorite sport is, is probably football or basketball, uh, but I think my favorite team is no doubt the uh, Dallas Stars. Big, wow. uh, big Dallas Stars. Uh, when you move over to the uh, to the Rangers, the Cowboys, you have a 2A, a 2 and a 2A. And then, uh, you know, you put the Dallas Mavericks in there uh, as well. Obviously, it's Luka Magic right now uh, as far as the Dallas Mavericks go just because they uh, it's, it's it's a whole new uh, whole new situation for them. Uh, then you got to put FC Dallas. You know, you gotta, i got to rep my home teams as well. Uh, I mean, there are other teams outside the Metroplex I like, but uh, no doubt the number one is the uh, is the great Dallas Stars. Dallas, you know what? I, actually, I, I, that's, that's surprising to me. The ho- but I mean, I've heard that uh, uh, once you get into hockey, it's like a, like an addiction. It's kind of like NASCAR. Well, you got to go to a game. You, you yeah, gotta yeah, go yeah. To a game. That's one. And uh, I think once you go to a game, then uh, I think your perspective is going to change a lot. You know, a couple, several years ago, the Dallas Stars, they actually played preseason games up there in Kansas City. Uh, there's yep. a, there's a couple that. of them. They play games up in Tulsa. And uh, so in the preseason, hockey's kind of expanded, trying to expand a little bit. Um, I, there maybe years from now there could be a Kansas City team. I don't know. I mean, just they got the Seattle franchise rolling. Yeah, you never know. But uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. uh, I remember seeing that actually the year I was in Kansas City. It was that next October uh, that the Stars played a preseason game. And I want to say it was against Florida uh, up there in Kansas City. Uh, you know, Power and Light do something. Man, that'd be a, that'd be a real fun time. Well, to, obviously, yeah, not able the to first up there, but yeah, the first. First ever pro franchise that ever played in Kemp Arena, now Hivey Arena, was the Kansas City Scouts uh, hockey team, NHL team. Well, there you go. So, well, maybe it'll make your return someday. That, that was an NHL team? Mm-hmm. Kansas City Scouts? First ever. I don't, I don't know nothing about that. And I, now I feel like I, I need to look them up. All right, yeah. so we'll go. Uh, we do a question for everybody. Um, and we maybe, maybe you're not familiar with Kansas City Barbecue. Um, so you can refer to maybe like a Dallas spot, but we always like to ask everybody what their favorite barbecue is. And if you now, I will say this: if you have a favorite Kansas City one, when when you were here, whatever, that's cool. You can say that one. You can also give us a Dallas one too, because I'm interested in that. Because me and Gary like to make our way down to Dallas every once in a while. So uh, give us your take on best barbecue. That is probably one thing. That's another regret there is I never got – everyone says go to Jack Stacks, and then there's a couple other kind of hole-in-the-wall places that you need to go to. Unfortunately, yeah. I haven't been able haven't been able to go up there to Kansas City. I have had Kansas City barbecue before. It tends to be a little sweeter than what you have down here in Texas. Not a bad thing. I think it's really good. Uh, down in Texas, there's uh, there's a couple places – there's a there's a good there's a one place that just opened up here in Arlington. Uh, there's one in Fort Worth. There's one in Dallas, and uh, I it, it's there's too many. There really is. There's you know every city has their own, and uh, I think if uh, if you are to come down, I think you're gonna have to say, hey, what city are you in? Then I'll point you in the right direction. But there's good barbecue all around down here, and uh, just like Kansas City, there's a good barbecue all around up there. So I, I, unfortunately, I can't give you a name. I've never been to Jack Stacks. I hear everybody goes to Jack Stacks, and if you said, if you named off a couple right now, I'm sure. Everybody, oh yeah, I've heard that one. Go to that one. Go to that one. Um, but yeah, he's obviously a staple up there. It's a staple down here too. Yeah, we we do try to get to Dallas. You know, every at least every couple of years, we got a good friend that lives uh, in the in actually the city of Dallas. Um, he used to live up in uh, what was that city up north? North little north like Louisville. I think in Plano. Oh, Louisville. Louisville. Yes, yeah, just yeah. Um, he used to live there, oh, but yeah, now yeah. he lives in the city of Dallas. But uh, so yeah, we try to get down there and 
So we may uh, we may need to hit you up when we come down again and say, hey, where, where's the barbecue spot we need to check out? Yeah, if you go to Fort Worth, it's Heim Barbecue. If you come to Arlington, right down the road, Hurtado Barbecue. They just opened up. And if you go to Dallas, Pecan Lodge. That's my uh, that's my three votes right there. Okay, right. Like I said, they're cool. there everywhere. Yeah, sweet. And uh, if you make it up here, you know, make sure to get some Jack Stack. And I mean, Arthur Bryant's is really good. Kansas City Joe's is really good. Um, Woodyard is really good. That's what it is, yes. Oklahoma Joe's is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, lots of good barbecue. Yeah. I'm sure I'll have some at some point, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, what we always tell everybody, just stay away from, uh, when we were talking barbecue, stay away from, like, Wabash, big-time chains, famous Dave's and stuff like that. Don't go there. Just just skip that crap. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. You you got to go to the – yeah, there's nothing wrong with like a, a a good brand having like five restaurants because like Joe's has like four or five. They're yeah. amazing, but like when you're talking about like any kind of nationwide chain that tries to do it, just don't do it. Just go to I mean, go to, really go to the more local, local spots. Good. They're amazing. Yeah, you, you always look for one thing. Hey, is there a line out the door? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's where I want. Yes. To go. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. That's for here, right here. That's Arthur Bryant, and that's that's like the old school Joe's. Actually. Almost all the Joes are like are yep. like that where there's a line at like eleven o'clock when they open. There's a line already out the door. That's it's because it's awesome. Here's your Kansas City Scouts history. Uh, professional ice hockey team uh, started in '74 to '76. In '76, the franchise relocated to Denver, Colorado, and became the Colorado Rockies. In '82, the Rockies relocated to New Jersey, and you know what they are now—the Devils. Oh shoot! The Devils used to be here. Yeah. Wow. Guess I'm a Devils fan. That's that's why we didn't know about it before our time. <laughs> okay. So if I'm picking a team in the NHL, I guess I'm Devils. Who would have ever thought the first franchise in this building would have been hockey? I mean, this is such a basketball. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. No joke. Huh. I never uh-huh. would. I never would have known that. Yeah. History yeah. lesson. Yeah. Josh, you got anything else uh, you want to hit on before uh, we close up here? Uh, man, not really. It's just, uh, I just, I hope these next few months, uh, every, I hope everything settles down and I hope, uh, everybody gets back to, uh, what we were doing before, uh, before this all got started and, you know, hope everybody's doing okay. And I, I think we're in for some tough times, but, uh, I think if we can just keep ourselves busy and, uh, find a way to work out at home, it's very difficult, but, um, you know, if we can just keep doing that somehow and, uh, limit ourselves and hopefully uh, on the other side of this, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have blue skies once again, but guys, thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, down to do this again if, if uh, you are willing some you know hope uh go chiefs go cowboys uh you know we're all pulling for each other and uh hopefully i get back up to kansas city uh in the near future sometime. chiefs cowboys super bowl oh let's get it let's get it let's go let's go yeah. chiefs cowboys super bowl let's go yeah battle the dallas teams we'll take that mahomes versus dak let's do it yeah we uh we appreciate you jumping on and spending some time with us today and yes sir uh, you know, we'll definitely have you on again here sometime and, and catch up. And if we if we get down there, maybe we can grab a beverage. Or if you get up here, grab a beverage and some barbecue. Yeah, I would say for any reason, oh, if you, you if you're, you. yeah, if you come up here for any reason, just hit us up, and we'll. I mean, uh, barring everything's back open, yeah, uh, we'll meet you up and we'll show you. We'll show you our maybe our very favorite uh, karaoke spot. Ooh, I'm all, I'm all in for that. Like you are, oh, wow. hey. yeah, yeah. All right, we, that sounds we love good. the karaoke. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, boys. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you all very much. All right. Hey, yeah, thanks. You bet, man. Thank you. Um, again, that was Josh Sowers, our guest today, um, the voice of UT Arlington Athletics and uh, does some sideline work at a- AT&T Stadium. 
So uh, it was great to talk to him and, and his experiences and all the sports events he's done, even including being at a WrestleMania. I was uh, thoroughly imp- impressed by the WrestleMania attendance. I, I, you know, that made me. Yeah. I had already had like a high opinion of him. It went even higher. Yeah. When he was, and then he remember he, you know, first he messed up the main event, but then he remembered what it was after that. So yeah, uh, yeah you got it. So that's that's good. That's good stuff right there. Pretty cool deal. Uh, make sure to check out Simply Stamped on Facebook uh, for your printing needs. Uh, they made us some keychains a while back, some car stickers. Things like that. They have other things. If you send them a picture, they can turn it into a magnet or a keychain or whatever. So check out Simply Stamped on Facebook. Uh, longtime sponsor, first sponsor of the show, DJ Showtime. Uh, phone number 816-260-2056. Instagram is DJ KC Showtime. And he has been on Facebook Live and Twitter Live, I think, a couple times spinning some tunes during this to try to entertain the people. So, yeah, I saw he did that. His brother, I think his brother did it too. Yeah, his brother did it. Um, so, anyway, check that out. Uh, it's been another great Midwest Mike's episode. You guys got anything else? I do not. That's it. I think we already talked to free agency. Um, WrestleMania is this weekend. Yeah, WrestleMania is this weekend. Empty arena, WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, real quick. Who, who? What match you're looking forward to? Styles Taker. Even though Taker's older, I, I know Styles will put on a show. Styles Taker will be cool, and then uh, I'm looking forward to actually watching uh, Cena fight Wyatt. Yeah, or fight Fiend. Uh, I also kind of. I also uh, actually, you know what? I'm also looking forward to Edge Orton. Yeah, that'd be good. So if anybody's WrestleMania guys, uh, yeah, just yeah, I'm into that too. So yep. get at me uh, on the WrestleMania stuff. So I, you know, honestly, I'll probably I'll probably bet on the wrestling matches. When's the when when is the Owen Hart anniversary? It's it's in May, May nineteenth. We'll have to do a special show here because it's it actually happened on my birthday. I was watching the pay per view uh, with friends, not not this guy, uh, but I was watching the pay per view with some friends at somebody's house. And you guys at Kelly's when it happened? Um, no, we were at I think we were at Chris Basham's actually. Back in the day, so yeah, I remember it happened. I mean, I think we were so, watching. Think, Marcus Purdy was actually here, so I think maybe if we do if we do an episode about it, uh, have Purdy and, on. And, have, you know have what? Because he was here in the building. Kansas City was once a famous wrestling town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you we used to go out to the Woodlands, which you guys are still probably too young for that. Um, all the security guards out there were ex wrestlers. My dad would like, oh, that's you know, he would go down memory lane, pointing all these guys out. That is one place I wish was still open. Like I hear stories about, and I go, "Gosh, dang! I wish the Woodlands was." I would totally go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go watch some dog races, man. I no, I like the horses, horses. or whatever. Yeah. Let's go. It was a dog I, and I mean, horse Gary, me and Gary would be like a fixture there. Like we, we, we would. Have we, you we, ever we, been we, by I there? I would totally go there. Have you ever been by there? No, I don't know. If, I don't think I it, have. Well, it's out just past your exit on Leavenworth Road. There, there's two facilities, huge facilities. One dog, one horse. Just empty. <laughs> Just empty. I mean, there wasn't one. It it's was not, two. Wait, so why did it close? Um, the the casinos. Oh. All right. That it, makes sense, I guess. The, the instant grat- gratification rather than, you know, when they did bring out simulcasting, you didn't have to wait as long between races. You could always bet on a simulcast race. But it was, you know, you would wait 10, 15, 20 minutes between races and boats. You you, you can, can go you, right you away. You can blow a $20 bill. Roll that dice seconds. right away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, um, if we—I don't know—have you been watching Dark Side of the Ring at all? 
on Vice? Uh, no. No, no, no. I haven't. I need to. Um, I just been yeah. watching some other stuff. So, so well, they can watch um, I watched Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, Tiger King. I have finished great. it. I got one more episode to watch okay. tonight. So last we'll one. talk maybe we'll talk Tiger King we'll next talk. week or something. Let's bring I he he probably wants if we I was say if we if we try to have him on the show, he probably wants some money. Yeah, he probably would. Carol Baskin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh I'm Gary. This is Austin. And Jim's behind the scenes making us look and sound good. As always, check out great content on Uclick TV. Uh, Jim has some interviews up with several coaches in the area, so go check those out. Also, he talked to the UMKC men's and women's coaches earlier today. You can find all that on Uclick TV right here where you're watching us or if you're listening to us out there in the audio waves, just uh, go on Uclick TV and find something. There's archived games from last fall. Uh, from this winter, uh, basketball games and things. So just go check out some of that content. If you're hurting for some sports, it's all right there. So we are Midwest Mikes, and we'll be back with you next week. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.